Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning, Roto Experts. To the end zone, it's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's point for a touchdown! We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, November 27th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Engel. All right, so Scotty and I, we saw a very interesting Monday night football game last night as the Houston Texans get their eighth win in a row. They go to 8-3. and three. They beat the Tennessee Titans 34-17. to 17. It is so much ridiculousness that the Texans won eight in a row after starting 0-3. It's gotten Scott so flustered that he's going to be joining us in a couple of minutes. He's like, oh my goodness, my Super Bowl pick is actually 8-3 and three and in line to still potentially get a bye in the AFC playoffs. So maybe his Super Bowl pick is actually doing it we have my man el rey de fantasia the king scott angle back here now scotty i was saying your original super bowl pick after starting zero and three is now eight in a row eight and three very much alive in the afc playoff picture and apparently lamar miller uh, does not suck because he can re- reel off 97 yard touchdown runs whenever he damn well pleases yeah yeah uh, good morning my friend and uh yeah lamar miller sticking it to uh fantasy executive on uh on national TV, they just they played real, 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 uh, real crisp uh, game offensively. The running game really set up everything else and just gave them terrific offensive balance. You saw the best of Lamar Miller last night. You saw the best of Deshaun Watson. It's it's interesting because nothing. I always talk about how, how everything is never decided on a Thursday night. 
Well, you can't assume anything on a Monday either. You might have looked at your opponent, and then if you're ahead by a certain amount, you say, oh, I got, I'm ahead by 12 or ahead by 13, and he's got Lamar Miller. I think I'm going to win, and then look what happens. So you can't assume anything. Yeah, absolutely. Lamar Miller does have a nice day on the ground, 162 yards and the touchdown. Um, you know, obviously we like that. Gets one catch as well. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson. You know, he gets only 210 yards passing, gets the two touchdowns, runs for a touchdown with 90, 70 yards on the ground, and spreads it around. Okay, D-Hop gets five for 74. But Demarius Thomas with two touchdowns. Let me ask you something about this. It was clear, you know, they were trying to work him into the offense a little more. Only four catches, but the two touchdowns. Does this bode well? We're starting to see what Amari Cooper is doing in Dallas. Does this build well for Golden Tate to eventually uh, actually perform there for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think you got to take every situation differently. You know, these all these three guys have all changed teams, but uh, you know, just because one does bad, it doesn't mean the other do good, etc. You know, with Amari Cooper, you know, we've seen we've seen a tremendous yardage game. We've seen that before, and uh, right. but although he's he looks like he's going to be more reliable than he was in Oakland because he's got a he's got a better quarterback than he did in Oakland, and they have he's not the number one offensive threat he, like he was there either. Uh, you know, having Ezekiel Elliott takes some focus off of him. Uh, with uh, with Demarius Thomas, look, he did score twice last night, but yeah. you know you didn't see a lot in terms of yardage and catches, and if he's going to be touchdown dependent, that's not reliable. So, uh, right. Golden Tate is is it's just different. He's just he hasn't fit yet. He hasn't meshed yet. Uh, and all you can do with Golden Tate right now is you just leave him on your fantasy bench until you see him have a good game. He, that, that's all. He, that's all you can do right now. There's no there's no guarantees because every situation is different. One situation of Mari Cooper, the guy can fit in really well. He's a smooth part of the offense, no matter what fantasy numbers he puts up. With Golden Tate, it's just different. You know, one has situation really has nothing to do with the other. Okay, fair enough. And then at, let's talk to me about these uh, Tennessee Titans. Scott, I mean, they fall to five and six, which, to be quite honest, is still right there in the AFC playoffs. They are only one game behind the six and five teams, you know, uh, the Colts and uh, I believe one other maybe that's six and five still there in the AFC. Oh, the Ravens, right. Still yeah. right there in the AFC playoffs. So they still have a shot. And listen, Marcus Mariota. I mean, had a good game. He goes 22 of 23, channeling his inner Phillip Rivers, only one incompletion, 300 yards passing. You do not say 300 yards passing about Marcus Mariota much, okay? And then he also runs for 28 yards. This is probably one of Mariota's better fantasy games of the season. I'll double-check that. But still, they don't look dynamic, Scott. They score only 17 points. Uh, you know, they have the big touchdown catch to Jonu Smith early, the big touchdown catch to Corey Davis a little bit later in the third quarter. Outside of that, and I know you count it all, but outside of that, they really didn't move the ball much or really pose any threat to this Texans defense, Scott. I thought Mariota played played a good game, all things considered. He was getting pressured a lot. You know, he, he was getting hit a lot. He was getting sacked a lot. Uh, but, you know, he he stepped up. He tried to make plays. But there were a lot of times where guys just were not open. You know, and that, that hurts. And they don't have a consistent running game either. But they, they kind of got scripted out of that too. 
Uh, you know, there were a few things here. You know, the defense didn't play well. That put put Marion in catch up mode. He got sacked. Guys don't get open. So it's not any one thing. It's a a combination of factors. Yeah, Corey Davis had the big play, and uh, he he had a, he had a good game. Uh, but Janu Smith, it's like anybody really could have scored on that because it was just such a right. a Blown defensive breakdown, and it's like nobody covered him. It's just like I I couldn't believe it. it's not like he raced away from the defense on that. I couldn't believe it. It's like like it looked like a miscommunication or something like that. Like a just a total breakdown on the back end of the defense. There, they couldn't get a running game established whatsoever. Uh, Dion Lewis is very, very inconsistent. Outside of Corey Davis, there's nobody that can count on in the passing game. People are going to run out to pick up Janu Smith this this weekend. Look, uh, you know, in terms of tight end production, uh, he's about as good as anybody or outside the top three or four right now. But he's going to be inconsistent, just like anybody else. And I'm talking about that, you know, in the in the scope of the Titans. You know, I don't think they can count on him consistently to make plays. So. You know, I think there's a lack of playmakers on the offense. I think the defense didn't play well uh, last night. You know, 21st against uh, fantasy wide receivers coming in, and you you saw why. I think they're overrated as a pass defense. It's it, it's just and it, you know everything came down to it's it, it just a combination of factors. You know, football's a team game, and you know they had they have too many things breaking down. You know, Mariota can't carry the team. A quarterback cannot carry a team by himself. You know, I always say it, a quarterback sometimes gets too much of the credit and the quarterback gets sometimes too much of the blame. To me, you know, this this one wasn't on Mariota last night. Yeah, I mean, this is only the fourth time this year that Mariota has two touchdowns um, in a game. He did put forth one of his better fantasy efforts, but let's play it. Let's try to spin this forward a little bit, Scotty. As I look at the Tennessee Titans, who I mentioned are still, listen, they're still alive in the AFC playoffs, especially if you look at their schedule. They're five and six right now, but Scotty, their next couple, their next three games are all against teams that I think they could kind of beat that are kind of unraveling. They are now at home against the Jets next week. You got to assume that they can win that one. Then they are at home against Jacksonville, and we'll talk about how Jacksonville is completely unraveling in a couple of minutes. Then they go to the New York Giants, who by that time may be starting Kyle Laletta. So, Scotty, I mean, their next three games, I here's, let me put it this way. I think the, the Titans will be favored in their next three games from five and six. They can still wind up eight and six in the blink of an eye, Scotty, but that's like their real team's outlook. Talk to me about fantasy. We know what Mariota is, what he is not. You talk about Corey Davis. He had the big 48-yard touchdown catch. I don't know if we can rely on him. And then you mentioned guys like Janu Smith. We'll talk about where he fits into the waiver wire conversation in a little while. And I want to ask you about Deion Lewis. Listen, only eight rushing yards, but in PPR format, Scott, if he's going to catch seven balls out of the backfield, that offers some kind of floor that may be appealing to fantasy owners. It it is, but uh, you know you see twenty two. There's nothing rushing. The yardage wasn't much. You know that there. You know he's a, he's an okay flex, but you know we were just talking in scope of you know the the Titans offense. You know not for the fantasy numbers necessarily. Right. It's like he he doesn't he didn't threaten the defense enough last night. I don't think you can assume anything. You know in their next three games, you know the Titans hmm. are a very very inconsistent team. You know they lost to Miami. They got blown away by Buffalo. You know I don't think we can assume this team can team can beat anybody for fantasy purposes. Uh, I think 
I think, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a danger, though, with Deion Lewis. You know, we've seen some single-point games from him. Uh, so I don't right. know if I can assume there's a flaw from him necessarily. You look at his recent game logs, there has been, I think, you know, within the last five weeks, there's been like two single-point games. So I don't think we can assume anything from him. Corey Davis is very, very inconsistent. Uh, he's he's a fantasy, high-end fantasy wide receiver four. I can't quite rank him as a number three uh, right now going forward. I I don't believe so. Uh, you're not going to start Mariota because he's inconsistent. You know, that there's nobody on the Titans that you could depend on from a fantasy perspective at an important time of year. Deion Lewis is probably your best bet, but, you know, he doesn't have a guaranteed floor either, I don't believe. Fair enough. Uh, you talk about you can't necessarily trust them in the next couple of games. Scotty, the Lions are out for Week 13. The Tennessee Titans at home against the New York Jets. If you don't like them, you need to hop on this number. They are nine-point favorites, Scott, already against the New York Jets for this week at home. It sounds like you don't have enough faith in the t- Titans. Uh, would you uh, like the Jets plus nine points against them next week? I think I would take the Jets, but I'd avoid this game. I really would. You never know with the Jets how they're going to play in any given week. It, it, yep. I think that's historic. I, th- I think you know that, that as a Jet fan. But you, you can't trust the Titans real life or fantasy-wise. If you, what was it, two, three weeks ago, you're talking about, oh, they're going to give Mario an extension. You know, they were right. five and four, et cetera, and all of a sudden, you know, they they dropped two key games. You know, this this team doesn't deserve to make the playoffs right now because yeah. they had to win against Indianapolis. They had to win against Houston. If you don't win these games and you have to win, you're not a playoff team. You know, it's, it's, some fans will say, oh, you know, we were, you know, fans of losing teams always have have things like, oh, we were, we were like we were nine points away from making the playoffs or if this happened or if that happened. Right. It didn't. You're not making the playoffs. You're not a playoff team. The Tennessee Titans are not a playoff team right now. Well, they were last year, even in their kind of nondescript ways, you know. No, absolutely. Scott, that wasn't said back to argue you necessarily. (laughs) But at the same time. (laughs) I'm sorry, reaction. uh, (laughs) At the same time, here's my my question for you before we kind of put the book or close the book on week 12. Um, This year. You know, we're seeing we're seeing promising rookies, right? Baker Mayfield, uh, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Rosen, Darnold, right? We have a lot of um, faith in three of these second-year quarterbacks, right? There are three second-year quarterbacks where the arrow is definitely pointing up. I'm talking Deshaun Watson. I'm talking Patty Mahomes. I'm talking Mitchell Trubisky. The year before that, you know, we're seeing what people like Goff and Wentz are able to do, you know, so I I refer back now to the draft class that was headlined by Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. There are fifth year options coming up on both of these guys. You were talking about contract extensions before Scotty, Marcus Mariota and Jared Goff. It seems like the new guard of rookie quarterbacks. It seems like every other year recently, um, you know, the Winston Goff year, we see how they have gone. Trubisky and Mahomes and, you know, Watson, those teams feel like they have their quarterback. You know, this year, all the five teams that took rookies feel like they have their quarterback. 
Do the Tennessee Titans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have their quarterbacks? Were these guys legit one-two overall picks? Were they busts? Should they get extensions? Because I kind of see Mariota and Winston sort of in the same boat. I mean, Mariota has no off-the-field concerns that we know of, but just their play on the field and what they can do, are they the leaders of franchises that they were drafted to be, Scott? I think Mariota is more than Winston. Uh you know, although the team has been disappointing, like you said, they did make the playoffs last year. They won a game. You have to remember that quarterback is such a hard position uh, to really, you know, gain a quality starter in the NFL. If if the Titans don't want Mariota, I think there are a lot of teams that certainly will because he's played really well at times. Uh, you know, other times he's been mediocre. Other times he's been hurt. I don't think Mariota's been all bad overall. And uh, yeah, I think he's still he's still a work in progress. And like we saw last night, you know, we've seen a few times this season he can play quality football. So I think they do have their guy, but they have to surround him with more dynamic playmakers, not just Corey Davis, who's still a work in progress himself. So I think I think the Titans may I think the Titans may have something in there. Uh, I think the Buccaneers, you know, might move on though because. You know, Jameis Winston's been very erratic. You know, he's made a ton of turnovers, which Mariota hasn't. The team hasn't come close to a playoff berth. And uh, I think, you know, maybe they might be moving on there. But sometimes sometimes, uh, fans of certain teams complain, you know, when their quarterback doesn't play perfectly and they blame him too much. You know, try to look at what's out there. And, you know, I'll just go back to, like, you know, the Seattle fan base and the Giants fan base. you know, people complain too much about Russell Wilson when he doesn't play perfectly. You know, I, I say to him, you know, do you think there's anything better in free agency in the draft? I doubt it. You know, Giant fans complain about Eli Manning. The guys won won two Super Bowls. You know, you can't give that back. You know, I love Jim Day, but he said he'd rather have Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, you know, doesn't have two Super Bowl MVPs. You know, Eli was a big part of those two Super Bowl wins. So you have to remember overall in the scope of things, quarterback is such a hard position to get the ideal guy at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk about not with Seattle, not only that they found their guy in Russell Wilson, but because they got their guy, you know, at a low at a low draft round and they could save money on him, what it does for the team as they built their team. And when you talk about nailing your first round quarterback like Eli Manning, Big Ben, whatever, how it can what it can mean for your franchise. However, in, potentially in the boat of Mariota, potentially in the boat of Winston, and definitely in the boat of another team. When you spend a top five pick on a quarterback and you get it wrong, it could force your team back for years. And unfortunately, one team that resides in Florida, I think, has finally admitted that that is the case. We talk about the unraveling of the Jacksonville Jaguars and other news and notes. Listen, major people sent to IR yesterday. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Roto experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back 
Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King Scott Angle telling you what you need to know for Monday Night Football. We're going to start to spin it forward now for Week 13. And Scott, for many people, this is do or die week, okay? We've gone through 12 weeks, most league formats, have 13 weeks of the regular season. Some play a little bit longer. We acknowledge and we'll give you everything you need going into Week 14 as well. But for many people, Scott, this is the, uh, you know, kind of the playoff week where matchups are decided, where, you know, people kind of uh, make their hay or not. I, in the league that we are competing in together, you look like you are likely going to be a division champion standing at 9-3. and three. We like that, Scott. I am, you know, likely, although not definitively, in the playoffs at 7-5 and five in the uh, GST league that we play together. Scotty, I see you got a game lead and you got about 150 points on second place in your division. So it looks like the defending champion, the King, will uh, win his division yet again and get a first-round bye, huh? Well, you know, nothing's locked. But, you know, and, uh, I'm also well, Jimbo Slice uh, just would have a few to points, you by a few points, points off the pace, pace for most points in the league yeah. as well. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good year, but there's still a lot of work to be done. It sounds political, but it's... Uh, you know, it. It. I'm not gonna. I don't assume anything with a week to go. We don't need to assume anything with a week to go. However, you do have a 160, 150 some odd point lead on the guy who would have to win and have you lose, and he would have to outscore you by 150 points. So, all right, I, I, you I don't have I'll to call it. it. You don't have to call it, but I will call it for you. Congratulations on winning that division over again. Although you're the one who talks about how you don't like divisions. If this were all big one division, you would be out of contention for first place overall as there is a team that is 11-1. and one. Shout out to you, a girly man, um, as well. But all right, enough about that. That, that. Would, that, about, that would be fair. That would be fair. Let, let's you know, talk but, about uh, – But I, still, I, would still, I would still have a first-round bye, I think. Um, that would not be decided. Possibly. No. Possibly if it was side. all one division, you and our guy, Mike Blee, in a mere 35 minutes would be in a flat-footed tie, in essence, for uh, the other bye, and he would actually have you. Yeah, I play what's laid in front of me, even though I don't points. prefer divisions. Yep, you have made that point clear and a good season for you. Hopefully I'll get into the playoffs as well. It would be great if you, me, and Blewett, the brain trust of, month, of mornings here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, made up 50% of the playoffs in that prestigious league. But I digress. Scotty, we were talking about is Mariota the guy? Is Winston the guy for their teams that drafted them in the top five uh, years gone by? That's the same thing that happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars drafting Blake Bortles, number three, I believe it was overall. And yesterday, it looks like the Jaguars had their coming to Jesus moment, Scott. At first, they fire offensive coordinator Nate Hackett. And I was like, oh, really? That's the reason they're going to put this on the offensive coordinator? Are you kidding me? When they have Leonard Fournette actually squaring up to fight people, where they have Blake Bortles as their quarterback? Well, they have decided to bench Blake Bortles as well. And then discipline came down from the NFL. Leonard Fournette will be suspended one game for the fifth of the cuffs with Lawson there in Buffalo. 
last week. I have been saying this, Scott. I said this organization and Tom Coughlin did this organization a disservice by in this offseason not going out and getting an Alex Smith, not getting a Tarod Taylor, not getting a Teddy Bridgewater. If they had a serviceable quarterback, Scotty, right now, Literally, put in a Teddy Bridgewater, put in a Tyrod Taylor who doesn't turn the ball over. This team would, you know, be able to ride their defense a little bit more. But it's completely unraveling, Scott, firing their OC, benching Blake. You know, maybe they shouldn't have talked so much in GQ in the offseason. Well, the defense hasn't played up to expectations either. Right. And, you know, with the way that Tyrod played Cleveland, I'm not sure he would have been the answer either. Uh, but again, it goes back to my point, you know, the quarterback is not a very good, uh, is it's a very hard position to get an ideal guy at, you know, I think Alex Smith certainly would have been a better answer than anything, uh, you know, would have been, would have been a nice fit, but look, there's not a lot out there. You know, this team might have to trade up in the draft or, you know, maybe if Jameis Winston doesn't stay in Tampa Bay, they take a crack on him. But, you know, I think it, I think it's over for Bortles, uh, and when you look at a guy like Bortles, you know, if the coordinator can't figure out how to get to, uh, you know, scope the offense so that there's not a lot of pressure on him and the ball can still move, you know, then he's going to lose his job. So uh, I understand all of it. But the Fournette thing, we were talking about it yesterday. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. No, in my mind, I was thinking maybe a game suspension, but you never know with the league, like we said. And, you know, now very likely you're going to be with Leonard Fournette. For, 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 again, you know, it's injuries, suspension. It's been a very disappointing year fantasy-wise for Leonard Fournette owners. Yeah, absolutely. Some people spent their first-round pick on Big Leonard were expecting a breakout. And, you know, Scotty, when you say maybe Tarad, the way he was playing, wouldn't have done it. I think the problem, though, Scott, I think the original sin there was that the organization decided that they did not need to address it. Let's say they did address it and traded, you know, a third-round pick, whatever it was, for Tarad, and he didn't work out. At least you can say that they tried something. What this, What they did was they went into it thinking that Blake Bortles was in essence good enough because he had two good games at the end of last year or he had a good game stat-wise against the New England Patriots, you know, and ran for a touchdown in one game. Maybe Terod wouldn't have worked. Maybe Alex Smith would have been better, but the organization thought they were good. Going into this season, what, what everyone thought was a Super Bowl-caliber defense, a run game that traveled, and they were like, nah, we're good. We'll ride with Blake. I think that was the issue. Whatever they did to address it, it may not have worked, but but they chose to do nothing when there were options out there. Let me spin it forward for you. I got one name for you that I think could be a very intriguing fit for what this team wants to do moving forward. No, I'm not talking about Eli Manning. I understand that he is done, but I have another name for you, and I'm being completely honest, Scotty. I'm not trying to be silly or anything like that. I'm being honest here. Here's my name. Are you ready? Starting at quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe they draft a kid and all, right? But starting for quarterback next year at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I give to you Joe Flacco. Uh, I could see that. You know, there's a guy that, you know, maybe with a change of scenery, you know, could still be stable stable there. Uh, You know, Lamar Jackson is the guy. They move to the future, et cetera. You know, especially if they continue to win ballgames. I think that that's a good call. 
This is a professional quarterback who's a veteran who for his entire career, Scott, has played quarterback with a team and an organization that wants to win by defense and running the ball. He knows. I mean, I know it's now kind of like a dirty word in this league to be called a game manager, but that's what Flacco has done his entire career. Is he dynamic anymore? Absolutely not. But if put in the context where he does have a strong defense, he does have Leonard Fournette where he can turn and hand the ball to, and the organization, whether it's Marone and Coughlin, whoever it is, kind of like trust him to be like a good caretaker, I think they could have something there, and I think that would uh, they would bounce back. Flacco knows all these AFC opponents as well. What do you think? I like I said, I think I think it's a good good call for all the reasons that that you laid out. Again, uh, quarterback is very hard to get an ideal starter. At least they would st- possibly stabilize the position, to, uh, let him manage the game, etc. Uh, he's at least someone make, who not like, make mistakes. Yep. Not make mistakes. You know, no one to get rid of the ball. Exactly, and he's someone also that the defense and the other side of the ball in that locker room can't just make fun of and talk smack at. You know, Jameis Ramsey can't, Jalen Ramsey can't be like, ha, 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 we don't even let Blake practice against us. You know, they know that they would have an actual professional there on the other, leading the other side of the team. That's my nomination. Remember it when I say, remember it when it comes to March of next year. Joe Flacco will be on this merry-go-round, and I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a nice little landing spot. Remember, everybody, right? Before they retire, they go to Florida anyway. Scotty, uh, it still, it not- still speaks to the state of quarterback, though, because it True. makes a nice fit, and it's not really you know that exciting of an acquisition. You're you right. know, there's no upside with Joe Flacco in real life. Listen, this merry-go-round this year, we know the names, right? It's going to be Flacco. It's going to be Terod. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be Jameis Winston, right? Um, it's going to be people like that on the kind of retread merry-go-round. Uh, there may be a surprise or two that get in there, you know, that you didn't think about. And then there's going to be these rookies. So we'll see. But I have another question for you as it relates to quarterback, Scotty. Are the Cincinnati Bengals set at quarterback? They put the red rifle, Andy Dalton, on IR with that thumb injury, okay? It's going to be Driscoll the rest of the season. I'm telling you, Scott, this is a big problem, especially like I fade everybody now in Cincinnati. If you were a Tyler Boyd owner, you got to fade him. And unfortunately, this now to me, I was kind of teasing this last week. But, Scotty, the Cincinnati Bengals lost to go to 5-6. and six. They now lose Andy Dalton for the rest of the season. My question for you, uh, less than or greater than 50% chance that we see A.J. Green back on the field for the Bengals this season. In this situation, Scotty, why not just shut him down? Uh, I think it's a little too early to go in that direction. We okay. don't know how he's healing. The team is not mathematically out of the playoff race, so it's still too early to tell. If he's able to play this week, I think they have to have him go because they're not out of it uh, mathematically. All right, so uh, then let me ask you this, though. With Andy Dalton, he kind of, to me, is better than the Ryan Tannehill uh, kind of group here, the Marcus Mariota group maybe. But is he yet another example of a team that maybe like doesn't know if they have their quarterback and kind of has their franchise stuck in purgatory? I don't think he's any better than the Mariota. Okay, uh, so then, you know, sort of, you know, I might if I'm starting a team, I might take Mariota over him. You know, Tannehill. Okay. You know, maybe he's about even with him, maybe a little bit better. 
maybe he's more in that Winston kind of group. I, right. Yeah, he's completely erratic. You know, he'll, the guy will have a big – you'll never you, – you'll see Ryan Tannehill he'll have a big game occasionally. Uh, you'll see it a little more frequently with, with Dalton. But, you know, the guy is completely erratic. It hasn't been his entire career. He and his coach have never won a sing, single playoff game. But right. for the Cincinnati Bengals, what's better that's out there? I don't know, but here's the thing. Let's say, you know, there's a lot of people reporting now that Marvin Lewis's seat is getting pretty hot. You know what I mean? They even brought in Hugh Jackson as the quote-unquote special assistant. You know, we know how that organization works. I could see a universe, Scotty, where let's say there's, you know, some sort of regime change in Cincinnati. Uh, could you also see Andy Dalton enter this quarterback merry-go-round, and let's say, you know, uh, there's a new young gun head coach there that's like, you know what, I'm the guy, I can fix Jameis Winston. And, like, Jameis is all of a sudden the starting quarterback in Cincinnati next year. This merry-go-round is going to be very interesting. I think you're right that there's not, like, amazing options out there, right? Uh, Winston, Bridgewater, Terod, Flacco. Bridgewater's not going to be out there. Okay, you think the Saints will hold on to him. Fine. But, like, this merry-go-round is not, you know, inspiring. But, you know, you never know. For one of them, maybe it is just a change of scenery thing, like a a Winston to Cincinnati. But my question is really, uh, what do you think is the future of Cincinnati at the quarterback and the coach position? Uh, I think the coaches, we always think he should be on the hot seat. Right. But then he always survives. As to Andy Dalton, how how is getting Jameis Winston be any better? I, I think maybe they stick with you. Don't know. You, you yeah. just you, you don't know what's going to happen at quarterback there. You know, if they have a new regime, you know, do they want to blow it up and uh, you know get rid of Andy Dalton? You know, do you see Andy Dalton in Jacksonville or something right. like that? You, it, it's too Tampa. difficult to predict what's going to happen in, at quarterback. Yeah. These so here's what I will say. This merry-go-round is going to happen. If you are out of it, let's say in a dynasty league, take a flyer on some of these guys, you know, Scott. How do you feel about that? Like if you're out of the playoffs but you're in a dynasty league, I would start picking up all these guys. I would start picking up Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, and I and see maybe if the merry-go-round hits and they're in a better situation next year, you got yourself a starting quarterback. I think in a lot of dynasty leagues, these well, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor should be available, right. but uh, you know some of these guys are certainly not going to be available. All right, fair enough. Real quick, I want to bang some other guys off you that just went to IR as well. Unfortunately, Andy Dalton was not the only one. Marvin Jones to IR with that knee injury. A Galladay season continues, Scotty. Jack Doyle to IR because of a kidney issue. He had to have some kind of procedure. Right after the game, Eric Ebron, in my opinion, goes right back to a top five quarterback. And also Jeff Hireman, who some people were using because of the wasteland of tight end. You know, he was getting targets and stuff. He had rib and lung issues. He's been sent to IR as well. Uh, What do you think about these three guys? Great opportunity now for Galladay and Ebron. Uh, What's your opinion on it? On which one? I think Eric Ebron. Sure, I think Eric Ebron becomes a top five 
tight end again like he was. You know, Andrew Locke is hot as hell. I would take Kelsey. I would take Ertz over Ebron. That me may be about it. I can understand if you want Kittle. I can understand if you want Gronk. But that's about it. Eric Ebron is a locked and loaded top five tight end to me with the way Andrew Luck is playing. And same with Galladay. Listen, I'm not a top five guy, but I think Galladay is a wide receiver too and a strong one at that with Marvin Jones gone. You know, Golden Tate's already gone. You know, it's going to be Galladay and Riddick in the passing game to me, especially. And then hopefully Carry on Johnson comes back. And Hireman to me was kind of like a nice little story. He was on that streaming radar for a couple of weeks. Listen, I've got guys uh, in my main uh, home league to uh, my, the second place team had Evan Ingram and OJ Howard wound up getting um, Hireman and now is banged up and has nowhere really left to turn. But Hireman was a nice story. But hey, you got to keep on moving on. That's the way I feel about him. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Hireman had it potential, you know, to move into that fantasy top 10. Uh, but now it's just gonna, not going to happen. And I don't know who steps up there, although uh, it might be interesting because Case Keenum does like to throw to the tight end. I think when Mo Alley-Cox gets ha- uh, healthy again, hmm. you know, he may get some opportunities in Indianapolis. And I think it is what it is in Detroit. I think you laid it out pretty good. I was just curious to see whether you're going to mention Mo Alley-Cox or not. No, I mean, listen... Sure, you know, with with maybe the I think they like him. Tight end, and they have been using the tight end. They do like him, you know. Without T. Y. Hilton, you know, do they really trust the guys like Chester Rogers and such? So, I mean, I think there's a role for him, but I don't know that he's va- fantasy viable, in my opinion. When we come back, Scotty on Roto Experts in the morning, we look at the waiver wire. There is one name activated from the pup list yesterday that I think is very intriguing. And unfortunately, can hurt my guy, the stereotype. I tell you who and what when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back, Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician and the king holding you down today. We're gonna look at these waiver wires because listen, maybe you lost some people, okay? Maybe you know, maybe you lost a Melvin Gordon, maybe you lost a Marlon Mack, maybe you lost a uh, I mean, if you were relying on Andy Dalton or, or Blake Bortles, then maybe you're not a playoff team necessarily, but maybe in a super flex or in a two quarterback league, you were relying on these kind of guys, you may have. You know, you may have messed around and lost Jack Doyle or, 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 or someone else as well. So let's look at this. Scotty, on the quarterback side of things, I made the point yesterday on the show, Scott, that, I, I, you know, I think Josh Allen is viable. That rushing floor, everyone loves the rushing floor from Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen has shown to run the ball as well. I mean, would you take a flyer on a guy like Josh Allen? Let's say you were really, really stuck. Scott, you know, maybe you had a, you had like a 
Andy Dalton, you had a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you had a Blake Bortles, something like that, and you need to replace them. Would you take Josh Allen or would you prefer one of these next men up like Driscoll or Kessler? In a two-quarterback league? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Obviously, if it's a one-quarterback league, none of these guys are people you're going to war with in Week 13. So let's assume a context where these are viable, like a two-quarterback or Superflex league where pretty much every quarterback is rosterable. Yeah, I I think it's hard to envision Josh Allen being out there in a lot of leagues because people will roster at least one and maybe two, and sometimes uh, I've seen it three backups. You know, the guy has downfield throwing ability. He's got rushing ability. Uh, if he's out there, you definitely scoop him up. But I have to imagine he's rostered in a lot of two-quarterback and super-flex leagues. Okay, well, let's help the fan that is in this situation, though, Scotty. There are, I mean, it's not a great boat to be in, but there are people who just, let's say, lost Andy Dalton as their QB2 or lost Blake Bortles as their QB2. Where do they turn, Scotty? Uh, there's really not a lot of spots to turn. You know, there's... There's, That's there's what I was Jeff saying. Drisc- Allen, Driscoll, Driscoll, and, Driscoll, Driscoll, and Kessler. You know, it's uh, and which one out of the two? At least Kessler has a little bit more starting experience. All right. So uh, hopefully you're not in dire straits heading into Week 13 at the quarterback position. Let's talk about the running back position, Scotty. I at the other side of the break there, I tease that there is a guy, a running back, who just joined their team, rejoined their team, and may be active in Week 13. That I think is fantasy viable i i really do especially because the team he is on do you know the running back i'm talking about scotty uh the he minds no just activated off the pup list and i believe could be fantasy viable right away scotty oh rex burkhead yeah, yeah, Rex, Rex Burkhead. Burkhead for the New England Patriots. He is 19% owned. And here's my thing. Scotty, you know the way I feel about this. You know I've been hyping this stereotype probably earlier than most people, to be quite honest. And one of the things that I think was so good about the stereotype and about the Patriots offense there is that it kind of allowed the, their, you know, five-year-long running back by committee to get into more definitive roles. Everyone said it wasn't going to happen, but that's what I thought the stereotype offered for these Patriots, that they had finally a regular early down back and can use James White as a kind of regular PPR two-minute passing down back. And that seems to have bode well for the Patriots. The question is, does Rex Burkhead upset that rotation? I think it has the potential to. Because Sony Michelle's gotten hurt a lot, and yeah. you know maybe they'll scale his workload back a little bit, and it could also cut into James White as well, because you know they don't want to overwork the guy. You know he's been yeah. tremendous workload the whole year, even not having to run the ball when Michelle is out. You know maybe they want to conserve him a little bit for the playoffs, so it gives him a chance to maybe also give uh, defenses three different looks. So I think Burkhead's a real threat to what's going on here. So here's my question though, because I think you said you know. It could play out two different ways that would scare me at two different levels, right? There's one where you say he's worked into kind of the committee to save the workload of both Michelle and White. There's another point, a universe here, where he is just a straight-up backup to both of them. You know what I mean? And it's kind of the handcuff. How do you treat this if you're a J- – like we talk about handcuffs, right? We talk about you got to get Austin Eckler. You got to get Malcolm Brown. You got to get Rod Smith, that sort of thing. If you are a Sony Michelle owner – if you are a James White owner, do you need to go get Rex Burkhead this week? 
I think you have to because he would become the handcuff in either situation. To both of them, right? If Michelle got injured again, Burkhead could get a lot of carries. Uh, and if White were to go down, I think he could get a lot of catches because of his versatility. You know, they like him a yeah. lot. He's versatile. They do. They do. They like him a lot, definitely. So the question is, how much does he uh, eat into the opportunity of the stereotype and James White, both of whom we considered kind of RB2s, at, well, high-end RB2s even, at one point in the season. Other places at running back, Scotty, I mean, Austin Eckler is 70% owned. 30% of leagues, almost a third of leagues, Scott, right now. You can go out and get Austin Eckler. Yeah, I think in uh, 25% of leagues, he'll, he'll probably come off uh, the, the, the waiver wire this week. Yeah, you would have to assume that. Yeah. So definitely, that's the first place I would go, right? He's worth a check. My question is, we talk about all these handcuffs and stuff. You know, Eckler's 70%. Josh Jackson, the deep sleeper, only 1%. Would you give him a look there for the Chargers? Uh, Justin Jackson, I think. Excuse uh, me, Justin Jackson. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, you may not have room to fit him on the roster, and right. you know, we don't know how Gordon, how long Gordon is out. If we learn that Gordon's out like three weeks or four to six weeks, then I think you have to. Uh, other than that, I, I think only if you have the room. Uh, I just wouldn't cut anybody that's valuable to you to, to get a hold of him. All right, let me give you three other backs that are right there around 50%. I think I know the way you're going to rank them. I'm asking you going to ask you about Josh Adams, Gus Edwards, and Doug Martin, all around 50%, Scott. I think if I know you, you would preference them Adams number one, Gus number two, Doug Martin number three. Is that right? Yeah, and here's the thing, though. You give me 50% ownership, but there are a lot of teams that are out of it now. And teams that are making the playoffs or making a push have already scooped up, you know, the top two of these guys in Adams right. and Edwards. You know, right now, you know, you got to look at the scope of it. We're talking about waivers here. You got to scale back your ownership percentage and say, oh, wow, he's still throwing 50% of leagues. You know, there's 40% of, right, a lot of teams, dead teams. Maybe, maybe out of it right now. Yeah. So you know, maybe they're available in just 5 or 10% of <coughs> leagues are or to teams that are competitive right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's nothing really in a lot of competitive leagues that they're difference makers on the waiver wire where you're going to start guys that you pick up off the way. You get you get Justin Jackson this week. You're not going to start him. You know, I there's, got there's one a lot of situ Yeah, there's a lot of situate. There's a lot of situations here uh, where if you go to the waiver wire, you're not going to find anything you can use for the playoffs. So yeah. it's really about now, if you made it or you're about to get there, you know who you're counting on. You, you right. don't want to pull these guys off of the waiver wire and into your lineup at this point of the year. So, again, you know, we stress, if you haven't done it yet, you want to get the NFL backups to your top running backs. You want to get those Rod Smiths, those Wayne yep. Goldmans, the Spencer Wares, so you yep. don't have to run to the waiver wire. Now, that that's unique to the running back position because a guy can immediately step into an opportunity and be productive. You don't see that at quarterback and wide right. receiver. You know it's different if the guy goes from the number two to the number one. Right, like we've seen in Cincinnati, he's either rostered or we don't know if he can step forward. So you know the waiver wire right now is very very thin. You know if especially if you're a team that's made it, if you're like ten and two, you're like, who am I going to pull off the waiver wire and start? 
Right. You probably don't need to if you are a playoff team. I submit one other person who, listen, Scotty, I picked this guy up last week. He had a huge game, and I was surprised. I didn't start him, but I was surprised to see him still only 15% owned. I know there's complications because he may not be the starter. Do you know who I'm talking about? A running back who had a huge game last week, Scotty, and is still 15% owned. That I think can actually make a difference in a very short term if you need it for this week. Um, I gotta take a second to think. Huge game? He had a huge game last week. Owned? 15% on had a huge game over 20 fans last week. It's not Eckler, no, right? I'm talking about our guy, LGBT rights, LeGarrette Blunt, Scotty. What do you do if you are, say, listen, I'm a carry-on Johnson owner, so I ran. But LeGarrette Blunt is only 15% owned. If, Scotty, there's, we don't know about carry-on Johnson. Carry-on Johnson may miss week 13. And if you need a win to get into the Inside playoffs, injury said he could miss another three to five weeks from this There point. you go. So if you just lost, let's say, Marlon Mack, you can get LeGarrette Blunt is a starting running back potentially this week. He had two touchdowns and 20-plus fantasy points. He's only 15% owned, Scotty. Uh, if you need a win, I know when on Johnson comes back, he takes the starting job. But, you know, the touchdown potential is huge with LeGarrette Blunt. I, I think if you lost Marlon Mack, I'd go try and find – I'd go see if LeGarrette Blunt was available. Yeah, it's an excellent call. You know, there's one guy maybe off the waiver wire – that can help you make a difference here. So right. I would put a significant bid for him in if uh, if you have right. Fab because he, you know, that's one guy that can come if come in and make week. a difference. For him to do what he did against the Chicago Bears was so impressive. Everybody writes off Legarrette Blunt every right. single year that he's done, and Legarrette Blunt keeps coming back and proving it. You know, they gave him the ball. He's look. Some running backs can make the most of every touch, and you don't have to continually feed them. It's obviously the Garrett Blunt's a rhythm back, and a rhythm back is, you know, what scouts and NFL people talk about as a guy you need to feed a lot, so he gets comfortable, he gets into a rhythm, and then he starts producing, and we obviously saw that with Garrett Blunt last week, you know, what you can't say anything negative about the guy when he rushes for 88 yards and two touchdowns against the Bears. Yeah, absolutely, so listen, if you lost Marlon Mack, if you lost Melvin Gordon, Last week, okay, there are still two guys out there that may be of value. you got to give a check to Austin Eckler, although he is probably owned. But if not, LeGarrette Blunt could be a short-term fix for a starting running back. Don't forget about the guys, Josh Adams, Gus Edwards as well. Hey, the Heap Hines might be out there too. And, you know, Marlon Mack might not play this week. Mm, uh, but but that that's a lesson to what I'm talking about, though. If you had Marlon Mack, you should have handcuffed the Heap Hines. Absolutely. At the wide receiver position, Scotty, let me ask. The guy I like the most, he's just around 50% owned. And people, remember, forget about the teams coming off a bye. Um, Scotty, I'm talking about Josh Reynolds. I think Josh Reynolds could be viable. He's only 51% owned. Um, I see Josh Reynolds. Scotty, I love DJ Moore. I'm telling you about how the Carolina Panthers are going more to more and more of these shake and bake guys. He's 65%. I see Kiki QT at 63%. Adam Humphreys at 30% with Deshaun Jackson going to visit a hand specialist. What do you think about those guys? Are those the guys you might look for? Would anybody top Josh Reynolds or DJ Moore for you? I think in a lot of leagues like QT, you know, guys like QT and Reynolds, they're already gone. You know, again, okay. you know, going back to what we said about the running backs, you know, anybody for 50 to 65% owned, I'm not saying that they won't be available, but in most leagues, they they won't be available. Most competitive okay. leagues, you know, there are, 
Yeah, they're with, with the only one off that list. I think people still don't believe in Adam Humphreys, and that's the one guy you got to get. Okay, and and talk to me. What do we know about Deshaun Jackson? Right? Uh, isn't he like has some kind of hand injury or something? If Deshaun Jackson misses time, you know, you got Evans there, you got Godwin's there. Humphreys steps right in, right? I don't think it matters whether he's healthy or not. I, okay. Jameis Winston doesn't look from nearly as much as Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Okay, fair enough. So Adam Humphreys is a name. You could check for Reynolds as well, DJ Moore, but we think those guys may be already owned. At the tight end position, listen, we've been talking about how tight end is such a wasteland. I will say right now, Scotty Cameron Brait is 65% owned, so give him a check. But outside of that, I mean, Gerald Everett, Chris Herndon, Jonu Smith, the guy from last night who scored a touchdown, is 20% owned. Where are you looking on the tight end waiver wire? Let's say you lost O.J. Howard or Jack Doyle recently. Uh, I think you got to look at that. Uh, you got to look at Herndon. It's like people still don't believe in him, and he had another 13 yeah. PPR points, which is really nice for a tight end. Uh, Janu Smith, people are going to be reactionary to what we saw last night. And I think, uh, you know, depending if Mo Ali Cox can come back, you know, I think he's going to get some red zone looks. Interesting. Uh, so, how would you say it again? Would you, so outside of Bray, you would rank Herndon number one? Yeah, I can't imagine again, you know, you talk about 65% owned, it's going to be hard to to grab Bright, you know, especially with, with the state of tight end. I think people race to the waiver wire to get him because every fantasy article in the industry probably led with Cameron Bright last week when they were talking about waivers. So uh, I think it's a surprise if he's out there, and it's a pleasant surprise. I'm not saying he isn't, but I won't assume he's out there in a lot of, a lot of leagues. So I'm going to go Herndon and uh, then Smith and Allie Cox. All right, fair enough. There you go. Bray did, in fact, get a touchdown with Jameis Winston last week as the Buccaneers got a win to go to 4-7 and seven last week. Okay, that's most of it, Scotty. I got to tell you this, though, man. You know, we talk about how all season long, you know, kind of like what happens early in the season, you're never going to know. A team can be, like, undefeated and stuff like that and still fall a little bit. Our guy, Mike Blewett. At one point, Scotty, our guy Mike Blewett was literally number one in first place in the Scotty Fishbowl League out of 900 teams, okay? He was in first place. Do you know who his three wide receivers are in that league? Who? A.J. Green, Cooper Cup, and Marvin Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like... You know, you never can tell. And we talk about Scotty all the time. You got to get those backups, right? But at the same time, depth is kind of important too. Like I'm on a team where after week 11, you know, when I was 10 and 1, uh, you know, I, I, I don't have to play again until week 15. And I'm just hoping that people stay healthy. We do have Mike Blewett with us. Hey, Mike, I was just telling Scott, one of your teams, I believe, your wide receivers are, were Cooper Cup, A.J. Green, and Marvin Jones. Like that how do you play right, for something? How do you play for something right like that? That's the right combo. The right combo, the wrong league, is the only oh, okay. thing I'll say. I, I wish it was Scott Fishbowl because there's no money on the line. <laughs> That's the, the, league is, the league is the league where it's happening is the one I'm in with both of you. That's my Grand Street Tavern League. Oh, where I was man. way in front, and right. you are like Scott and undefeated. I even talked about it on Sunday. I was rolling along, and he's like, "Well, you got to stay prepared." I'm like, "Scott, I can't be prepared for all three guys going down." I mean, do you guys, either of you guys, expect AJ Green to be back? I don't. Scott thinks he's going to play next week because the Bengals are still I didn't, I didn't say quote unquote that. involved. No, no. What I didn't say I expect him back, to play period. next week. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying we don't we don't know. You know if, if he's available. 
they can't shut him down. But, you know, when you ask a kind of question like that, we just don't know. We don't know how he's going to heal. We thought he was going to play early last week. We thought he was going to play the you know this, this past week. We just we don't know. We can't tell how a guy's going to heal. It would be a little weird for a 5-6 and six team to shut it down. But organizationally, you just shut down your QB. They shut down you the QB, right. You know going south. Yep. Why would you? He's your top asset on the entire team. We'll talk about it more on the other side of this where it's going to be FST. Scotty, you have a great day. We'll see what happens in those waiver Thanks, wires. Scotty. And I'll talk to you all about it tomorrow, Scotty. This is Roto Experts in the morning. Blewett and I continue the conversation on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network up next. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.